Welcome to First Do No Harm with Massachusetts Citizens for Life board member and physician, Dr. Mark Rollo. This broadcast will focus on medical ethics from a Catholic perspective and address abortion, physician-assisted suicide, contraception, natural family planning, IVF, healthcare proxy, and other topics. Please be advised that this show may not be appropriate for children under 13. Hello and welcome back to First Do No Harm, a show about medical ethics from a Catholic perspective. I'm Dr. Mark Rollo. The last two shows featured my interview with Barbara Meyer, who is a Creighton model, fertility care practitioner, and NAPRO technology nurse. Barbara and I worked together from 2010 through 2018, caring for women with various gynecological conditions, such as premenstrual syndrome, polycystic ovarian disease, and endometriosis. However, the majority of our patients suffered from infertility, and we were privileged to help many of them achieve pregnancy by using the NAPRO technology tools of restorative reproductive medicine. This completely ethical approach to infertility sought to diagnose and correct underlying medical problems, which would then lead to a couple achieving pregnancy in many cases. If successful pregnancy was not achieved, the couple would at least have a better understanding as to why. Artificial reproductive technology, such as IVF, by contrast, makes little attempt to correct the underlying causes of infertility and instead bypasses whatever problem exists in order to create life in a Petri dish. Some of these human lives are implanted in the uterus, thereby disrespecting the dignity of the marital act. Others of these lives created in a Petri dish are discarded or frozen, thereby disrespecting human life itself. Barbara Meyer is now working with Dr. Paul Carpentier, a fellow family physician at the Gianna Center on Long Island, where he now works full-time using naprotechnology tools of restorative reproductive medicine and no longer practices other aspects of family medicine. So great the demand for naprotechnology, especially with respect to infertility. I recently interviewed Dr. Carpentier, and today you'll hear part one of that interview. Let us first begin, as always, with prayer. For, as stated by the U.S. Catholic bishops, only with prayer, prayer that storms the heavens for justice and mercy, prayer that cleanses our hearts and souls, will the culture of death that surrounds us today be replaced by a culture of life. O God, you are the maker of heaven and earth, 
and of all things visible and invisible. As the crown of your creation, you created man in your image. Male and female, you created them. You blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Help us, Lord, to always conform to your plan for creation and never, in our pride, attempt to substitute ourselves for you, Almighty God. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, before listening to part one of my conversation with Dr. Paul Carpentier, I would like to discuss just some of the incredible science that undergirds the practice of naprotechnology, natural procreative technology. As mentioned in prior shows, this new science was developed by Dr. Thomas Hilgers at the Pope Paul VI Institute for the Study of Human Reproduction in Omaha, Nebraska, in conjunction with Creighton University Medical School. This new science consists of observations made by women regarding the natural creation of cervical mucus throughout the menstrual cycle. Early in the cycle, once menstruation ends, cervical mucus is not present. As the mid-cycle approaches, cervical mucus appears and then, day by day, becomes progressively more abundant, clear, stretchy, and lubricative. Around the mid-cycle, this mucus production abruptly stops, and no mucus or minimal mucus is present for the remainder of that particular cycle. This simple series of observations is a window to ovarian function. Rising levels of estrogen as an egg-containing follicle on the ovary develops, culminates in ovulation, the releasing of the egg from the follicle. The same follicle then undergoes a remarkable transformation as it changes from producing estrogen, which stimulates the creation of cervical mucus, to production of progesterone, which dries up cervical mucus and prepares the uterus for potentially receiving a fertilized egg, a new human life. A woman can monitor this remarkable process occurring in her body by making simple observations. When I was in medical school, the only thing I learned about the cervix was that it was the opening of the uterus, that's where a pap smear was performed, and that's where a baby exited during the birthing process. That was it. But it is so much more complicated than that, the human cervix. Researchers like Eric Odeblad, that's spelled O-D-E-B-L-A-D, Eric Odeblad, he is a Swedish researcher, he has done incredible studies of different types of cervical mucus using such tools as nuclear 
magnetic resonance, where the molecular structure of different types of mucus can be determined, and the electron microscope, where physical properties of different types of mucus can be observed in great detail. For example, cervical mucus under the influence of estrogen creates a very fine network of channels which facilitates sperm transport, while mucus under the influence of progesterone creates a dense meshwork which blocks sperm transport. Hence, with instruction from a knowledgeable teacher, women can easily identify the time of ovulation as well as pre- and post-ovulatory infertility. These changes in cervical mucus are a kind of biological valve which allows or prevents sperm transport. A woman can therefore learn day to day whether it is a day of fertility or a day of infertility. There is no need to rely on a regular cycle or calendar calculations that are used with the old rhythm method. The couple can then freely make decisions if it is the right time to procreate, to co-create. In a very real sense, procreation requires not just a good egg and a good sperm, but good mucus as well. In a mystical sense, procreation requires not just man and woman, but man, woman, and God. One can almost envisage the waters of cervical mucus being a sign of the Holy Spirit. In fact, a very mystical and holy priest, the late Father Stephen Taraco, former theology professor at Assumption College in Worcester, Massachusetts, once compared the finger-testing of cervical fluid to touching the Holy Spirit. I previously related that a resident I met a devout Catholic man and fellow resident, he and his wife were practicing natural family planning. I initially found it odd that a man of science was using such an unscientific method of family planning. How wrong I was, as the foregoing demonstrates. By contrast, it is the birth control pill which employs a perverse kind of science and takes a sledgehammer to the female reproductive system, and indeed to her whole body. I will now play part one of my interview with Dr. Paul Carpentier, who seeks to understand the fine workings of the female reproductive system, diagnosing and correcting any problem that may exist. The sledgehammers of contraception and artificial reproductive technology, such as IVF, are shunned. With me now is uh, Dr. Paul Carpentier. Uh, Dr. Carpentier graduated magna cum laude from Assumption College in 1982, and he's a 1986 graduate of St. Louis University's School of Medicine with honors in ethics and high-risk obstetrics. 
Dr. Carpentier practiced family medicine for 25 years in Gardner, Massachusetts. In His Image Family Medicine was the name of his practice, and his patients uh, ranged from in the womb to in nursing homes and everywhere in between. He has consistently practiced medicine in accordance with the precepts of the Catholic Church. Not only has he declined to prescribe contraception, he has provided women with a better alternative, the better alternative of Creighton Model Natural Family Planning, otherwise known as the fertility care uh, system. Uh, he has used the same method as a foundation to assist many infertile uh, couples, a practice which is called uh, naprotechnology or restorative reproductive medicine, rather than the more famous uh, and, uh, or infamous uh, uh, approach of uh, in vitro uh, fertilization. Dr. Carpentier has served as president of the American Academy of Fertility Care Professionals based at the St. Paul VI Institute in association with uh, Creighton University Medical School in Omaha, Nebraska. He was uh, given that organization's Outstanding Medical Consultant Award in 2004. Now, for a time, uh, he was also the medical director of uh, primary care with Accountable Care Associates, which is a think tank established to create uh, efficiencies in the practice of medicine. This has included the promotion of restorative reproductive medicine using the Creighton model techniques of naprotechnology, which is not only a more uh, ethical approach, but a more cost-effective approach to managing uh, uh, infertility. Currently, he's um, has left Massachusetts, and he's down on Long Island, where he is the medical director of the Gianna Center for Women's Health and uh, Fertility on Long Island. So welcome, Dr. Carpentier, to uh, this show. Hey, it's great to be with everyone. It's great to be with you, Mark. Uh, your credentials are very much like mine, and uh, we're birds of a feather. Good yeah. to be with you. Yeah, we've uh, practiced. We've known each other for quite a long time, and um, one thing that has always struck me uh, about you, and, and especially as I go through your, uh, your bio here, is that you've consistently practiced medicine in accordance with the precepts of the Catholic Church, and I must say that initially I did not, and it took me a while in my medical practice before I turned away from that, but I wonder if you can... Um, Tell me how you, why you think it is that you were always uh, steadfast in, in uh, practicing according to the uh, Catholic Church uh, precepts. Well, just like you, once, once you hear something that makes sense, and I mean sense, deep sense, mm-hmm. you know, terrific sense in, on, on all fronts, all fronts meaning medically, spiritually, theologically, naturally once it makes sense on all these fronts then you just say okay why why do anything else and yeah. if something else does propose itself then you say hmm well oh that's actually not as good as what i'm doing already mm-hmm. okay well i'll stay the course with what i'm doing and you know you you were the same once you once you got to learn the message it's like oh there it is yeah. there's truth absolutely <laughs> yeah yeah I, I i joined a little late it was actually uh 
Uh, even though I went through Catholic high school, Catholic medical school, Catholic college, it wasn't until I was in the Air Force that I met a fellow uh, Air Force physician who was practicing symptothermal method. And uh, I thought, hmm, that's, that's kind of uh, odd that he should be doing this. But the more I learned about it, the more sense it made. But I, I take it that you were pretty much sold um, from the beginning. Is that something that you were yes. just raised I mean, with? or? Yes, like you, I, I mean, I went to, you know, various Catholic um, trainings uh, as younger and, and in college, but didn't really bump into Humani Vitae and other church teachings until I got to medical school. And in our, you know, first two years of medical school, you're learning about how the body works. And uh, I said to myself, I was engaged at the time, and, and I said, hmm, mm -hmm. whoa my wife and I could potentially have like 16, 18 children. <laughs> yeah. is, is that what God's calling me to do? Mm -hmm. It's like, uh, well, if I did that, I, I might have a little bit harder time doing X, Y, or Z. And, and I said, ah, and I struggled with this. And I kept asking myself the question, what, what, what's in store for us? What should we be striving for? And, and what are the, rules of the game in other words you know what would the church say about this or that mm -hmm. what would my wife say about this or that and and i i was really struggling with this and so i asked the question and i went to, it's kind of a funny story i went to the chaplain i've never approached a priest before mm -hmm. and i went to the chaplain of the medical school uh father jim and, and i said uh, father jim you have a second he said of course you know sit down and and it's, it's a lounge-like thing where the students gathered, and yeah. and uh, I said, um, I'm I'm wondering, and I asked that question, and he says, Oh, you're talking about humani vitae, and I go, Oh no! The first time I ask a priest a question, and he's yelling at me in Latin, and I I, I transgressed some <laughs> some bad rule that they call humani vitae, <laughs> and. Uh, and I, oh, I was like, I didn't know whether I was supposed to apologize or what. And, and he said, then and the next words out of his mouth is, oh, you, you, you've got to talk to Father John. And I go, oh, no. I finally ask a priest the question, and he's referring me to another priest. I'm really in trouble. <laughs> and far from it, you know, in essence of what he was saying is that that's a beautiful question. Yeah. And, and Pope Paul VI answered that question. I'm so glad you're asking that question. Yeah, he you must have, words. You must have made his day. At, at ease, you know? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that is funny. That, so you were like halfway through medical school, is that right? Mm-hmm, right. And that's when um, Humanae Vitae, uh, I guess, um, it had uh, come on the scene a little prior to that, but that was the first oh, yeah. time you were hearing about it, I take it. Exactly. So even though it came on the scene in 1968, yeah. you know, everybody shunned it as a, that the church is saying no to something that's right. good for right. couples. Right. That's the way they portrayed it. Yeah. And they and said, oh, that's what Catholic I found birth out, control. And yeah. And what I found out was it's not saying no to anything. Yes. It's saying yes to things that are good for us. Absolutely. And it makes me think of Mary's fiat. It's like, you know, the angel approaches Mary and says, hey, will you? And she says, yes. And so, you know, basically, the, the church, in all its experience, and and doctors of the church, and Christ's teachings, and, and uh, Jewish traditions before, sort of puts all that thinking together, mm -hmm. and 
and boils it down into Humanae Vitae. And it's a small document, and yes. I encourage everybody to pick it up and read it. Yeah. It changed my life and yeah. my wife's life and, yeah. and my career. Yeah. So how, how did, how did it uh, evolve from there once you uh, were being referred from one priest to another and thought you were in trouble? Uh, how right. Did, how did you... Uh, uh, start yeah, so to, I went uh, and talked to Father that. John, we'll call him, and uh, and I uh, sat down in his office at the St. Louis University Medical School, and uh, and he says, so uh, Father Jim says you got some questions, and, <laughs> and so we started talking. He says, oh, you're talking about natural family planning, and I said, I am. Why do these people <laughs> keep using words I don't know? <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah. And I said, natural family planning, uh, well, that sounds okay. What are we talking about? And, and he says, oh, up at St. Elizabeth's uh, Hospital, they have some NFP teachers, and uh, and you and your fiancé would, you know, it would be great if you were to learn these things. And and I'm thinking, well, I'm in med school. I could teach her some things that I've learned. And mm-hmm. and uh, and it's like, no, 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 this is, it's, it's standardized, it's, it's beautiful, and it's, mm-hmm. it helps you to appreciate your wife's cycles. And, uh, you know, instead of just thinking, oh, the menses that hits me every month, it's like, no, it's a beautiful cycle. Yeah. The menses might be the most apparent part, but it's a, it's a beautiful thing that's going on in your body. And at certain times of your cycle, you can participate in creation. And yeah. we're not talking about, oh, and like many couples think, oh, an accident happened and we were yeah. pregnant. Yeah. You know, no, you are participating in creation, yes. something that doesn't exist. And I'm thinking about that. And, and what I've come to learn over the, the subsequent 30 years is like, it's not like there's a, a soul sitting on a shelf up in heaven <laughs> and, and God says, all right, send it to the carpenters. <laughs> no, it's like you and your wife make an act of saying, hey, we're willing to accept a beautiful gift. Mm-hmm. And Humani Vitae calls it the supreme gift, or Donum Vitae uh, talks, talks about the supreme gift of marriage, the mm-hmm. supreme gift. And at that point, you know, it, I, I, I challenge my audiences, I say, okay, where's the sperm? I mean, I'm sorry, where's the soul? Is it in the sperm or the egg? Yeah. You know, who's going to take credit for the soul? And it's like, it's neither. You know, the husband and the wife and God together say, yes, let yes. it be. Co-create. Just like uh, the, the book of Genesis, you know, the separation of the sky and the firmament and, mm-hmm. and the fishes in the sea and all that, the, the creation act, it's like, yes, let it be. Yes, and it's pretty so awesome. It is. Pretty and it's awesome. like, wow, we got to participate in that. So then how did um, you ultimately uh, in, in start incorporating this into your practice once you started your practice? Yeah, so... Um, so what I came to the conclusion is that contraception is like not cool. Yeah, it's saying no. Yeah, it's against no the beginning. Against the beginning. And, yeah, and so it's like okay, so um, you know, couples these days will say, all right, we'll we'll engage in this sexual activity that could potentially welcome a baby, but instead we'll say no, mm-hmm. and we block that gift. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so that's sort of a selfish act where you say, okay, I'll 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 engage in this for fun and not mm-hmm. for all of the potential uh, aspects of how we were created. Right. And and so I said, oh, gee, that, that's really not cool. 
and and as a physician, as a prescriber, mm-hmm. uh, I, I I shouldn't participate in that. Mm-hmm. If somebody wants it, you know, I don't put them down. You know, they might ask me why I don't prescribe contraception, and then you know, gently uh, see where they're at and, and answer their question on on that level. But um, um, you know, I'm not beating them over the head with humanity yeah. day, although it wouldn't hurt. It's such yeah. a thin document. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, patient handout, right? <laughs> yeah. And so I determined that I shouldn't be involved in that. And then, so I'm, I'm heading off to residency, and the question became, do I tell the residency, and mm-hmm. which was right there in your hometown of Fitchburg, right. do I tell the residency that I'm not going to prescribe or do I sort of keep it secret, you know? And uh, I was open with it, and they challenged me on it. And they mm-hmm. said, "Oh, you've got to talk to this other Catholic doctor, this se- this senior doctor." And and uh, I said, "Okay, happy yeah. to." And senior doctor said, "Well, you know, it, you know, you got to put it the circumstances." And I said, "Yeah, I can't really participate in in something that." says no to god that's mm-hmm. you know that's evil the word the word you know think about what the definition of evil would be so i, I no, I, I just can't participate that you know and he says well what if your patient wants it and i said fine you know let him go find it and yeah if the yeah. person uh, you know is upset uh you know i took time out from work to be here and you're not giving me the pill or the iud or yeah, whatever it yeah, is and yeah. i'll say well okay no charge for today and uh you know you'll you know any of the gynecologists around us can can prescribe that for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it took a lot of courage to to do that. You know, it's kind of coincidentally, um, I went through the same process, but I was further along. I I had already ended my uh, training, and I was in the Air Force for a while. And I went to that very practice where you were a resident. And at that point, I had decided I wasn't going to prescribe birth control anymore. And, um, but I was in a, you know, more strengthened position cause I was already practicing. So I, when I joined their practices, oh, by the way, I don't practice uh, birth control. And they just kind of, you know, laughed and <laughs> said, oh no, another one. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, another one. It's like, where have I heard this story before? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, so you went through, um, your residency without prescribing Correct. And, uh, and, it, and it was good. I mean, the, you know, the other residents said, well, it's kind of weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. But they respected me, thankfully. And that's what it's about. I mean, this day and age, that if we jumped forward to 2021, you yeah. know, uh, whether it's Black Lives Matter or, you know, whatever the political charges are, mm-hmm. it's like, well, just respect each other. That's yeah. All. Respect each other enough to listen. And yeah. maybe you'll grow and maybe you'll become more confident in your uh, opinion but yeah. you know, just so, respect and that's what i received i received respect that's and... good you weren't canceled in other words <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> this concludes part one of my interview with dr paul carpentier tune in next time for more of our conversation to find an instructor near you go to fertilitycare.org and to learn more about the amazing medical applications of the fertility care system go to naprotechnology.com. Until next time, remember, we should always treat life with care and respect. And at the very least, we should first 
Do No Harm. Thank you for tuning in to First Do No Harm. Dr. Rolo welcomes your questions and comments. You may contact him at markrolo978 at gmail.com. That's M-A-R-K-R-O-L-L-O 978 at gmail.com. Thank you, and until next week, remember, first, do no harm.